0: Hi, well, folks. It's Faz here from the chris Vaz show.com the chris show.com. is there ever a time after 14 years i can quit doing that for you people like i'd pay money for that anyway guys uh thanks for always running up to me at shows or wherever i'm in public and screaming at me the chris Show! and then i'm like security uh but we love you we love our audience we love you guys so much there's no other podcast host that loves you as much as I do. Like, if I could, I would come to all of your homes and hug you. I'd have to have you sign a a, a, a written thing that uh, says it would be legal for me to hug you. But I would hug you because I love my audience. Without you guys... It's just me sitting here talking to you no know, mic, and that would be a really bad 14 years. 1,400 episodes. You know, we're almost to that. Uh, and in August, we turned 14 years old. Uh, what more do you want from me, people? We're doing two to three shows a day. So make sure you refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Tell them to go to the goodreads.com. For Chess Chris What a wonderful place. You can read all sorts of different books, and people love books. Go there and uh, just swim, swim in the literacy. That's what we do here on the Chris Foss show. We swim in the literacy. <laughs> That's not a thing. In pools of books. I don't know. Whatever. It's analogy. It's the ramble. It's random every time. We never know where it's going. Not even I know where it's going until it starts. So it's just a ramble from a madman uh, across the water. Uh, go to YouTube.com for <laughs> Chris Voss. Go to LinkedIn.com for <laughs> Chris Voss. Subscribe to the big LinkedIn newsletter. It's pretty cool and it's growing. It's like a it's like a weed. It grows on its own. Except it's a weed for smart people. Uh, anyway, guys, we have another amazing author and novelist on the show. He's got an amazing new book. He's a multi book author. I should plug as well. We'll talk about him and his books. He is the author of the newest book that's uh, just barely came out. Let's see. Was it two days ago? Yes. One day ago. One day ago. Uh, Murder for Liar. It just came out on paperback on May 15th, 2023. Verlin Darrow is on the show with us today. He's going to be talking about this amazing new book and what went into it and some of his other books that he's taken and done. Uh, he's an amazing gentleman, and we were talking before the show. He's got an interesting bio. Uh, Verlin Darrow is currently a psychotherapist who lives with his psychotherapist wife in La Selva Beach, California. They diagnose each other as necessary. I thought it was kind of funny. We were talking before the show about how him and his wife were both psychotherapists and how that works out. And evidently they found a way to work it out. Uh, he is a former professional volleyball player in illy country, Western singer and songwriter import store owner, NCAA coach sheet, metal worker, newspaper columnist, taxi driver and night janitor. Uh, wow. He's like uh, the jack of all trades, and now he's an author, so there you go. Uh, And uh, he joins us today on the Chris Voss Show. Welcome to the show, Verlin. How are you?
1: Thanks. I'm doing well this morning. I appreciate being here. There you go. You've done quite the tour of duty uh, on careers there. Yeah, you know, I just kept trying to find something that worked, and uh, sometimes things worked for a little while, and then they wouldn't work, and then I had to graduate myself out of it. try something else. And when you say Jack of all trades, that implies I was good at all those things. And I certainly wasn't.
0: <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing we do in life. We, <laughs> you know, we try on different things and we see what sticks with us. Uh, why did psychotherapy be- become your, uh, the thing that you stuck with?
1: Well, there's kind of an odd answer to that. I was, uh, kind of an assistant guru in a small cult, believe it or not. And, really? Uh, yeah, really. And that, uh, he had that me- wasn't in your bio. <laughs> well, it's in it's in the longer bio, but know, I don't like turn people off immediately because oh, okay. cult has such a negative uh, association. It was actually a, a benign outfit where everybody was helped quite a bit except for one person who was definitely anti helped. Wow. But anyway, he I just followed orders and he assigned me to start a import store in another town and so I did with a partner. And after about a year she begged out and said I don't want to do this anymore i don't want to be with you anymore the hell with you basically and I, I you know he came and said do you want to keep doing this on your own and i said no i never want to do it you just made me and he said oh well that's 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 what i thought why don't you go to school to be a therapist oh, so i did yeah. so i did there. i didn't even know what the letter stood for the you know the, the phd the, the, yeah the, well in this case it's something called an ML, lmft and but it oh. had different letters back then it was a uh i don't remember and it had c and c in the name i think for child and couples or something. So I was there Mm -hmm. about two weeks. I I couldn't very well ask because everybody else had been a psychology major and was, you know, (laughs) I planned this career carefully. (laughs) I had to talk my way into it. I I called the the dean up and said, uh, you know, when's the next session start? And he said, basically, you know, a week from Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I guess I'll have to wait till it comes around again or whatever. And he said, oh, why don't you come in and talk to me? So on Sunday, I was told to be a therapist on Thursday. I talked to the Dean and he said, you could get in. And then the following Tuesday, I'm in school to be a therapist. So I wow. don't think that's the usual, I don't think that's the usual story.
0: Well, there you go. Well, you seem to have made it work and you're married to a psychotherapist. I would probably pay to see those arguments. Can we get that on Netflix or something?
1: I don't know if they're all a lot better than anybody else. Oh, text. okay. All right. So you- do you still say happy wife,
0: happy life, like most married guys?
1: No, I've never heard that phrase. That's not true. Oh. I, I, I don't apply that phrase. But you know what? I'm always happier when I'm married. I <laughs> no, like being married. It's good.
0: I, I have a lot of married friends that say happy wife, happy life, and I argue with them about that context. Well, I,
1: but... I am sort of devoted to trying to make my wife happy, sure. but not just so <laughs> that she doesn't give me grief, just because what the hell is there to do that's any better yeah. than that?
0: I mean, yeah, <laughs> It's as long as it's not a threat. Um. So uh, give us a .com so people can find you on the interwebs.
1: Uh, I'm Verlandero at, uh, not at anything. I'm Verlandero.com. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. I was th- thinking of my email address, which is fine too. That's in all the the stuff online about me. If anybody wants to email me, I'm fine with that. There you go. Uh, so you've written a uh, total of four books now? Yep. Yep. Just keep churning them out.
0: There you go. And all novels, I guess, uh, is it, uh, are they different standalone novels or yeah, are they? They,
1: they are. They're all standalone. They're a little different. The first one was a a private uh, investigator mystery. Mm -hmm. takes place outside Santa Cruz, California in a retreat center. The second one's a really wild fantasy thriller taking a bunch of spiritual stuff and exaggerating in a crazy kind of all-around-the-world manner. And the third one's about a 10-year-old child prodigy who goes seeking a book of wisdom. Hmm. And then there's this one, which, you know, of course, I'll talk about more here. There you go.
0: Murder for... Liar. Uh, so give us a 30,000 foot overview of the new book.
1: Sure. Um, there's a psychotherapist, kind of a screwed up guy, a little bit like me when I was younger before I <laughs> started getting any sense around any of this. And he has a really bizarre character come in as a client who's telling him a bunch of crazy stuff about who he is, and he's not really just a psychotherapist and uh, a bunch of stuff. Um, and it turns out he gets drawn into a, a series of murders. And he has to investigate, as it were, just to keep his sanity because so much crazy stuff is happening in terms of coincidences and people that are doing and saying things that don't make logical sense. He, he has to keep kind of trying to expand his mind to make sense out of it. And, and he never knows what's real and he worries whether he's going crazy. Um, but like most books, it works out in the end.
0: Nice. That is pretty awesome. Uh, and so, what, uh, what made you, what, what is the title Murder for Liar based on?
1: You know, I just like clever titles, and typically ah. I go for I go for two words that are kind of juxtaposed, like blood and wisdom, or mm. coattail karma, where they make people think a little bit about, hey, what what's the relationship between these words? Maybe that interests them in there. But I couldn't think of anything for this one, so then I started thinking about sort of cutesy little paraphrases that would stick in someone's mind. And of course, there's murder for hire mm. as a little phrase that goes way back. So I started playing with Hire. I came up with Liar. It's not very good grammar, and it's not really a straight mystery book per se, even though it has murder in the title. It's more psychological thriller, psychological suspense. But, you know, what I've learned from titles and covers is that they're just to get people to start reading it. And then once they do, I don't think too many people resent the fact that the the title wasn't exactly on the mark, you know? Oh, there you go.
0: Murder, you say. So there's murder involved, huh?
1: And there are murders, and there are people lying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, it's uh, something people do. I hear. Hi, folks. Here's Foz here with a little station break. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll resume here in a second. Uh, I'd like to invite you to come to my coaching speaking and training courses website. You can also see our new podcast over there at chrisvossleadershipinstitute.com. Over there, you can find all the different stuff that we do for speaking engagements, if you'd like to hire me, uh, training courses that we offer, and coaching for leadership, management, entrepreneurism, uh, podcasting, corporate stuff, uh, with over 35 years of experience in business and running companies as CEO. And be sure to check out Chris Voss Leadership institute.com now back to the show oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> lots of Even? is there a lot of murdering or is there a murder and then uh do we have a protagonist that has to solve everything
1: there's there's a, I don't know, four or five murders they all kind of happen in the background uh, although mm-hmm. there are some physically threatening dangerous situations that the protagonist goes through um it's it's you know it's not the kind of thing like uh you know, I don't know, the amateur sleuth lady goes out of her driveway and finds a body that her neighbor fell into the rosebush. And now she has to sort it out at this kind of personal, individual kind of level. It's much more like there's some sort of conspiracy of events being orchestrated that's connected with all this that, that he's getting jived around from. There you go. There you
0: go. And uh, so tell us more about the protagonist. What, what uh, sort of character are they?
1: Well, he's a great big guy. He's, mm-hmm. he's pretty isolated and alienated. He'd been in a bad accident, and he had a, his burns on his face. And following that, he's just sort of given up on life in the sense of expecting much good stuff to happen. He just plods along being a therapist. He's not necessarily bad at it. And we're up in his head seeing the way that he thinks as he's trying to help people and as he's trying to sort out. And I think that part's pretty realistic. It, it, this is the way that character as a therapist would think about things as far as I can tell anyway once again projecting my younger self into my older self's body um and he's sort of ripe for something to come along for him to grab onto and get going with and and he's also kind of vulnerable because in many respects he has a lot of needs that aren't getting met so if you want to run a conspiracy with somebody like this you've got some vulnerable points to work you know Mm -hmm. and And he's uh, smart he's 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 mm -hmm. smart and he's uh this is ironic. I'm trying to find the word for being uh, articulate. There you go. There we go.
0: There we go. I do that, <laughs> that should all the not
1: time. Be a, that should not be a word you go hunting for, though. It belies the, the very meaning of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it takes some extra thought to be smart or intelligent yeah. or knowledgeable. Oh, he's
1: stuck up in his head. That That's really his main problem, actually. Ah! He's well, way stuck up in his head, and he's not in direct uh, connection, having direct experience with the world, which is a depressing kind of place
0: to be there you go so there's a silly serial killer running around town people send tend to like these sort of thrillers i think absolutely uh,
1: i'm not giving too much away i'll just say at least one
0: there you go there you go and uh so a lot of different things that go through the book we of course can never give away the middle and and uh what what did you find excited you about this story or what was some of the research you did uh and to develop it
1: well Going back to my cult days, I actually had some similar experiences to what he had. Oh, really? Where someone approached him that seemed to have sort of powers or extra special stuff or or was charismatic, just, you know, some stuff that you couldn't really ignore. Mm -hmm. And I was locked in a very logical box where that's all there is to life and there's nothing behind the scenes. And, you know, why would I go be a spiritual seeker or read a Buddhist book or whatever? Yeah. And then I got approached and somebody was telling me, hey, you're special. Hey, you're more than a regular person. Hey, you're this. Hey, you're that. And drawing me into this situation where I was sort of the first disciple and somewhat the Judas goat to draw the other people in because I was a nice guy. And if I was a nice guy connected to him, then maybe that made it okay for other people to go connect with him or whatever. So anyway, it was kind of healing because I wrote, wrote this from the perspective to some degree of trying to work out all the leftover stuff associated with that. It takes a couple of years after you go through something like that to sort of Get back to feeling centered, you know.
0: Yeah, and so it's, it sounds like kind of a lot of your experiences as a psychotherapist. Uh, you intertwine the book and the character.
1: Yeah, yeah. I keep I, I really try, despite the intensity and kind of extreme circumstances of the book. I try and write it from the point of view of what would a regular How would a regular person deal with all these extraordinary circumstances? So the one going through them does not necessarily have any kind of a it's not every man in the sense that, you know, most people are giant and depressed with burn scars, but it's every man in the sense that here's how I would react if this happened to me. Mm -hmm. Here's how I would react if that happened to me. I mean, uh, you know, I don't really identify with the character. He doesn't speak for me. He says a lot of stupid shit. I would never say, but at the same time, the way he reacts to things, I feel like I know about that stuff. That's it. It it feels Mm -hmm. like sort of a, a, a rarefied topic to have lived through and be able to write through.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, How much of, how much of, uh, did you include any characters uh, that you knew or maybe use Hollywood characters as a reference point or uh, how did you come up with the characters and develop them?
1: Um, They were pretty invented. Um, Some of, some of them, there are some, you know, sessions in therapy and some of those people are sort of (laughs) amalgams of, of various people I've worked with. There you go. But for the most part, for most probably they, they invented themselves actually is a better way to say it you know i start mm-hmm. with like one idea and then sort of one idea for who this character is going to be in the book and then each time somebody says something to them i find out well what would a character like that say back because it just falls out of me i don't really plan a lot around the character stuff when i, I i'd like to have a better answer for that in the sense of you know oh i was picturing nick nolte in this role or that here's my sister playing the uh, the psychic but they're really in any of that for me
0: yeah, the uh, uh, I imagine being a psychotherapist, you have so many different characters and people that come around around you well, in different
1: I've, scenarios. This I've certainly worked with a lot of extreme situations and wild people. In my my younger days, I worked in a a few kind of fairly intense settings, and I took on all comers as a private practice person. So I would get the people where the therapists would turn them down because the. <laughs> i wouldn't say they're too crazy but they were too challenging to deal with in the room maybe because of personality disorders and then later i worked in some institutional settings where uh you know hmos and that kind of thing where i got a great diversity of ethnicities and you know i mean who signs up for an hmo it's often higher functioning people but they still have a lot of problems just different ones so I, between that and all the different careers i had before I, I feel like i've had exposure to just a ton of different kinds of people and Maybe more understanding about them than most, because I had to figure them out to try and help them in the room.
0: Yeah, it's like, why are you so screwed up? That's pretty much what uh, my much. therapist says to me every week. And then he pretty, says,
1: "Pretty much the bottom line." But asking me yeah. as a why doesn't tend to get you anywhere.
0: That's true. He he uh, he keeps trying to get me to get that lobotomy scheduled, uh, and I think I can
1: understand week. that. I for most of my life, I figured I'd be better off with one too.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly would, you know, I mean, I drew all the side of my face anyway, so I might as well just uh, finish the job. <laughs> Good taking. <laughs> ah, there's that. Well, anything more you want to tease out in the book before we go uh, and uh, that we haven't touched on?
1: Well, sure. I, I just want to reiterate that, you know, it is a suspense novel, and the idea mm-hmm. is that you want to keep turning the pages. Mm-hmm. So far, I've had... Two professional reviews come out, a uh, Seattle book review and some site online that's supposed to be pretty good, but I never heard of. And uh, they both said they had trouble putting the book down and they were really looking forward to finding out what happened next. And that's because sort of everything that happens is a mini mystery. Oh. It can't really be figured out until you get a little further down the book. And then uh. there's another mystery and that can't be figured out. It's not like there's one fell swoop mystery that we're working towards gradually. It's things keep happening out of the blue that are just weird that uh-huh. the guy can't make sense of and the reader is long for the ride so they're confused and they can't make sense out of it but not at an uncomfortable level hopefully so you, you know go. the bottom line is it's it's fun to read it it has a lot of ideas embedded in it at this point i'm sort of a secular buddhist having been through my other kind of experience where i'm, I'm you know i just see the world in terms of we're all in this together and the bottom line is kindness and you know that that's a lens that informs me as the writer not so much the characters per se Mm -hmm. but it's back there so i'm i'm weaving in as this character is having to go to advisors and stuff to figure out what to do and to see his own therapist i'm weaving in my idea of wisdom and suggestions coming from all the things i've learned so i think it has more substance at an ideal level than a lot of these kinds of books it's not purely uh, a thriller where you know at the end of it you feel kind of like well that yeah, that was great. It was sort of like eating a a piece of candy and it tasted great and now the candy's out of my mouth so to hell with it. You know, hopefully some of it'll <laughs> stick to people's ribs, you know? That's my goal anyway. Go. I always try to embed a lot of ideas in the books.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, it it's uh it's definitely interesting uh from the depths of it all and uh uh you know, there's so much you can learn about uh, all of this. Um, you know, it's it's uh, interesting how we we learn life through stories and stuff and everything that goes into it. Uh, anything more you want and to tease out before we go?
1: Well, just in response to that, I also think that people understand themselves in terms of stories. They have yes. a story about what my childhood was. I have a story about what my how my second marriage turned out. And I tell myself that story and I kind of settle on it without recognizing there are alternate stories I could be creating that work better for me. There mm-hmm. are more accurate stories. There are more updated stories. And a lot of therapy, sometimes is just getting people to rewrite the stories that they've gotten kind of stuck with that don't actually work for them very well. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I could sit here and think, oh, gosh, I'm such a doofy looking guy. Maybe that was something I decided when I was 14 or whatever. If I keep thinking that through my life, I- I'm going to be really self-conscious trying to do an interview like this. And instead of that, how about a story of doesn't matter that much what I look like anymore? You know, kind of covers all the bases, even if I am doofy looking.
0: Yeah, I love I, and I'm not agreeing with you. You're goofy looking, by the way. I just I was just saying yes to what you said. Um, the uh, <laughs> I always joke with people, when I I'll tell self fat jokes, self uh, a million fat jokes, and, and people will be like, yeah, and I'm like, well, you didn't have to agree with me. Um yeah. The uh, yeah. but you know I know I'm kind of uh, a little overweight. There I had one too many burgers, but uh, uh, you know it's interesting to me how we learn through stories and how that's mm-hmm. kind of our operating owner's manual. And I think yeah. my audience has heard me talk about that ad nauseum. So I'll leave it at that. But yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, if without my stories, I don't know what, who I'd be. I'd just be like, Hey, I'm some dude, some fat guy. Yeah,
1: And there <laughs> wouldn't, there wouldn't be books to read. It's wonderful reading books. That's know? true. But if, it is if the story. If the story doesn't carry it, I usually lose interest. I mean, I, I can only tolerate so much description, so much backstory, so much character development, so much musing out loud from me in people's heads. I need a I need a plot. That grabs me, and I like the plots that are driven by dialogue, which is is kind of the thing I'm best at too. A dialogue mm-hmm. that really sounds natural and and surprising and funny, and you know, once again, stories. The the bottom line with a book is I don't read nonfiction because it doesn't really have stories.
0: That's true. That's true. Some people don't get nonfiction, uh, and of course, some do, some of the uh, some of the nonfiction has good stories too, especially if you read like political science and crap that goes on <laughs>
1: well that's true but it's limited to reality you know in, in writing fiction on the next page you can put anything in there you want that serves the story and and some some real life stories unfold as though they're a book and and they may be even better than than what you could come with in a book but others have these you know i don't know that's just me i mean everybody reads what they reads and, and don't read what they don't read
0: There you go. There you go. Well, this has been wonderful to have you on. Very insightful. And, uh, and I thought it was kind of interesting because you had a, you had a, you, you've got a wife who's a psychotherapist you're a psychotherapist. It sounds like you guys have made it work.
1: Well, we have, we have. And Mm -hmm. and part of that is just being armed with the various tools. I think what makes that challenge, I know you're kind of wrapping up, but what makes it challenging, I think for anyone is once you get triggered and somebody says something, that's one of your buttons, you Mm -hmm. go into kind of an altered state where you don't have your normal toolkit and you do a lot of sort of fast reacting kind of stuff. We still get into that, even though we can sit there ahead of time and make a list of what's the best way to respond if somebody triggers you. It's just like boom, <laughs> boom—you're out there now. Hopefully, you can catch it before it keeps going down the line too far, and that oh, saves yeah. a lot of trouble. It's otherwise, there's murders early. Yeah, otherwise you there's if you get the too path. far down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. You got to try and catch it early. But I don't know of anybody that doesn't still have some triggers that doesn't still get into a mode that's sort of not as good as they could do you know, whether yeah. a therapist or anybody, you know,
0: so, I don't think I survive a, a psychotherapist on psychotherapist relationship. Cause anytime she'd get upset with me, I'd, I'd pull out a little notepad and I'd be like, how long have you been feeling this way?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was your relationship with your mother? I yeah, exactly. Yeah. But how do you feel? <laughs> you know, but I'll tell you, you when feel? I try, how do you feel with my wife? That doesn't work at all because she... <laughs> she knows you're psychoanalyzing already, her. Well, no, she thinks she's already implied how she feels. Oh. You know, she hasn't said it, and I'm supposed oh, to Oh, you know. got to listen. And but, a lot of people do that. They, they expect sort of at least this mild kind of form of my mind reading where you did something that upset me. You must know what you did because you did it. So how much do I have to go into explaining a whole bunch of stuff to you? I just yeah. want you to hear that that's no good. Stop doing it. You know. Do you ever say, stop let- psychoanalyzing me? I'm not your client. You ever get that? Uh, she has said that to me because I've done it. <laughs> I've never had to say it to her. I don't know now if I should let her see this interview. You know, I mean, Probably here not. I am talking to I mean, she's trash a wonderful person,
0: us. I'm sure. Uh, she absolutely. Yes. I'm very yeah. happy. I mean i just like playing on uh, married people's dynamics i've never been able to afford the divorces so i'm still saving up millions of dollars and once i do oh, then i'll get married um but uh you know i just never got tired of being happy what can i say uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do a lot of marriage jokes because i'm single but uh uh no it's it's great that you guys have made it work See, one of my problems, too, is if I ever got an argument uh, as a psychotherapist versus a psychotherapist, after, like, an hour, I'd be like, I'm sorry, but our hour's up. off have to see you next week on whatever this is <laughs> yeah. about
1: the yeah, stocks I, that, in, would,
0: on the floor or whatever. Or you know, it would, certainly be
1: fun, it would certainly be funny for any onlookers, but I'll tell you how it would not work with your partner
0: i would pay to see the arguments i think this is i think this is something that should be on like uh, netflix or like one of these shows these reality shows you know
1: there are there are a fair amount of therapist therapist combinations Are really? kind of spoiled you want somebody who feels like a peer around you know communication and therapy and relationship stuff and you don't want to have to sort of teach somebody how to do it when you're you know i used to run relationship groups i used to run yeah. communication groups it's like you know for, for years i, I if you feel like you're an expert about something, your par- other partner is always going to feel in a one-down position because actually they are.
0: Oh, <coughs> uh, maybe I should go to school for th- psychotherapy. Note to self. It, it,
1: it, it could help.
0: It probably could help, but it probably mostly I just find everything wrong with me. And, oh, yeah, uh, that happens
1: too. When you We get already in know what all those problems are. Even my audience is you, like,
0: this guy's crazy.
1: <laughs> when you get in abnormal psych classes, all of a sudden you have every diagnosis. You just start reading them all and thinking, oh, that's me, that's me, that's me. It's like in medical school. I think it's the same thing with with illnesses. I don't know. But that wears off after a while.
0: I just accept the fact that I'm psychotic and uh, there's a lot of voices in the head. And the judge says, as long as they stay away from the one that says, kill, 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 uh, uh, my parole will go fine. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke, people. I always tell. Um, everyone knows that joke. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Sure. <laughs> we really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having you me. So they kind of kept everything in that murder theme. See there? That's the yeah, callback. You, you kind of did. And I appreciate,
1: that you, I appreciate that you're easier <laughs> to talk to and you're, you're not. Thank you. Fussing, but you're just acting natural. I mean, not everybody's like that behind a mic. I like it. Yeah.
0: Well, we have fun. We do what's called info entertainment. So we inform people, educate them, make them uh know more stuff, mm-hmm. give them break, create them great stories, give them brilliant authors, and in the end, hopefully, they laugh their ass off and and uh, enjoy it more. Because when it's boring, it's not that interesting. That's just the way it works. Uh, so there you yeah. go. Uh, so verlin give us your com so people can find you on the interwebs please
1: uh sure uh, it's just verlandero.com with low low letters and uh you know i'm on amazon and i'm there and i'm here and i'm there and if you google me there's a bunch of stuff so it's not that hard to find out more if you want to find out more
0: there you go thank you very much for coming on the show sir
1: you bet. Thanks for having me. Do you there press you the button to end it or do I? Uh, give us one second to wrap. Uh,
0: thanks right. to my audience for uh, tuning in as well. Go to Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, for just Chris Foss, and uh, LinkedIn.com, for just Chris Foss. See the new AI podcast and leadership podcast over on ChrisFossLeadership.com. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. And that should have us.